One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports independent tech news directly. If you're not already, become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, December 14th, 2018. In Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. I'm the show's producer, Roger Chase. I'm Allison Sheridan coming from the uh, Sheridan Studios newly renovated. Yes, congratulations on the end of, of your renovations, your long, long renovations. Don't ever do it. Don't renovate anything. Just burn the house down. <laughs> Says someone who's just finished renovation. Good advice. Uh, the happy outcome of your renovations, besides having a, a lovely home now to live in, now, now that it's done, is is uh, you, you've got some wisdom uh, of, of sharing audio throughout your home. You're going to share with us a little later. But first, let's start with a few tech things you should know. Facebook discovered and fixed a bug in its API September 25th, which the company says existed for 12 days that could have allowed apps approved to access photos from a user's timeline to also access Facebook stories, marketplace photos, and photos uploaded but not shared. Facebook will provide a tool to developers to check and see if they receive photos that they shouldn't have had access to and then delete those photos. The bug could have affected up to 5.6 million users. So this is potentially kind of a big deal. The uh, Irish Data Protection Commissioner opened an investigation to determine if Facebook followed GDPR rules and its disclosure of this and other recent breaches. Oh, Facebook. <laughs> Discord announced it will open its game store for all developers in 2019. Developers will keep 90% of its of the revenue from sales on Discord. Epic Games launched its own game store this month, promising 88% revenue for developers. This just in. I'm starting a game store with 91% of the revenue. <laughs> uh, hey, Tumblr's app's back on the Apple App Store after being pulled back in November. If you remember, uh, some child abuse material got through Tumblr's filters, uh, and that was thought to be one of the reasons that Apple had pulled it. Tumblr announced it will no longer allow adult content on the site starting December 17th. Um, maybe Apple's calendar is wrong and they think today is the December 17th because the Tumblr app came back, uh, in advance of the policy change and Apple music launched on the Amazon echo, which it wasn't supposed to launch till the 17th. So I'm wondering if they just have a problem with the calendar there. Maybe we're wrong. Hmm. 
Qualcomm expanded its request to ban iPhones for patent violations to include the iPhone XS, XX Max, and uh, the XR models. Apple claims that the patents at issue only apply to iOS 11. All currently sold iPhones are running iOS 12. Now, Friday, Apple told Reuters that it will update software in China to work around Qualcomm's patents. So, (sighs) yeah, (laughs) just. It just rolls on. Good old Pat Moores are back. It really does. Let's talk a little bit about VR, Allison. You know how I love VR. IMAX notified shareholders Thursday it will close down its three remaining VR centers in L.A., Bangkok, and Toronto, and write off VR content investments. The IMAX VR Center pilot program was a test to see which approach to a location-based VR entertainment center would work. Apparently, so I always said it was going to be amazing, right, Tom? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's how I remember it. You're right. Uh, this, yeah, uh, I don't want to trash this idea. I want to find the light in here. I, w- I want to be able to say that IMAX had a valid idea. They tested it, and it just didn't work, and that's fine. But I never thought this was a good idea. <laughs> I mean, having these centers in just a few places. And never, I never saw, and maybe this is a problem with marketing, uh, I never saw why I would want to go there. They had one near the Grove here in LA. I've been to the Grove, love the Grove. Uh, we we have mo- many of our DTNS meetups at the Grove. Never once bothered to go into it. Uh, maybe it's the, the laser tag of our era, except we forgot to go play. Well, it's not, I mean, yeah, it would, if it had, I think that's what they wanted you to think, right? Like this is the laser tag, but laser tag is more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think I think that you know that that's part of the problem is okay, a VR center might be really cool, but you're like, oh, I have to go there and experience it. But then VR was always touted at, as this thing that was going to transform the living room, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you could, you know, kind of have it anywhere. And sure it was maybe a little bit clunky right now, but but the idea of having a place to go and experience this, I think was a really tough sell for a lot of folks who are already used to having everything, you know, in their pockets. Yeah, I, I think, I think you, you pretty much stumbled on it there, or uh, stumbled may not be the stumbled right. upon it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> accidentally, right? I no, I, I think you're legitimately, accurately hitting it on the head there, because yeah, the <laughs> the, the problem, <laughs> the problem is. You want to go to a place and have fun with each other, like laser tag or VR on a roller coaster where you're sitting next to everybody and you're getting to see all the same things. A VR center sounds like a, a internet cafe. Go here and do the thing you could do at home. Maybe it's bigger and better, but you're still isolated from everybody else. Maybe mm-hmm. I just have it wrong, though. I, I don't know. If anybody liked these things, let us know. Absolutely. Well, we talked about Robin Hood yesterday and it's idea to take on some bigger banks. Uh, And the story has unfolded in sort of an interesting way. Robinhood's free checking and saving accounts may not be as safe as they think. Robinhood said that it would use deposits to buy money in U.S. securities and then use the yields to pay interest on the deposits. The company says that money is protected from losses on the securities because Robinhood's brokerage is insured by the Securities Investor Protection Corporation, or SIPC. Now, TechCrunch contacted SIPC CEO Stephen Harbeck, who says that the situation appears to be customers loaning money to Robinhood to invest in securities, and SIPC doesn't cover loans. Harbeck has referred the issue to the SEC. And, (laughs) if that doesn't scare you, which it might if you were 
potentially going to put your money with Robinhood. Check out 25-year financial vet Preston Monroe's take on Robinhood at dailytechnewsshow.com. Yeah, and 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 Preston's actually very bullish on it. Uh, he didn't think the SIPC thing was that big of a deal to him. He figures they'll 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 figure it out, I guess. Uh, but he says, you know, TLDR. If they seem like if you don't need to make a lot of deposits in ATMs, uh, because mm-hmm. while they have a lot of ATMs for withdrawals, only about four thousand of them will actually take your deposits. Uh, then yeah, uh, there's no reason not to get an account. He says he's going to put a little lunch money in it uh, and uh, make some interest off that, and and suggest maybe connecting it to your bank so you can you can just move some money in it when you need to, uh, and see how it goes. That that way you're not risking a lot of money in it either. You don't think of a bank though as a place to risk your money, right? That's- <laughs> well, it's a new it's a new thing. I think that's part of the risk. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, that that left me a little bit queasy. When it sounds too good to be true, 3%, okay. Allison, that's exactly what we were talking about yesterday, or at least that was, you know, one of the concerns that I uh, I rose was, it sounds great, but it's a startup. And when it comes to money, a lot of people just, you know, you want to be safe. You want to make sure that your money's going somewhere where you're going to get that money later. And maybe there's going to be a little fee here and there. And and that's the price you pay for making sure that that company is never going to go out of business too big to fail. Well, like uh, like Justin said, he was talking about uh, Ally Bank being one that was also very lean and does they don't have any physical store places or anything. And they provide good rates. And that's where I put my. Yeah. Stuff, so. um, but we're Pre- not giving financial advice. Preston says to me, this didn't seem too good to be true with no physical branches and limited employees. There's little overhead and they'll make the money lending out funds and on uh, interchange income. So it's scanned for him as legit. But yeah, maybe Ally is a better bet just because they've been around longer. Uh, and right, exactly. We're definitely not giving out financial advice. Good to reemphasize that. Ars Technica <laughs> reports on a phishing campaign uncovered by Certfa Labs targeting U.S. government officials, activists, and journalists that circumvents two-factor authentication protection. It's not as bad as it sounds because it's a phishing scam. So follow me here. Standard phishing emails are used to trick you into clicking on something, right? So the target clicks on a link thinking they're logging into Gmail or Yahoo. And if they don't realize they're not, they're putting in their credentials. So phishing scams work this way all the time. Like, oh, we need you to update your information. Click here to log into Gmail. And if you don't realize you're not at Gmail, you're giving them your username and password. However, if you have two-factor authentication on, that prevents them from using those credentials alone. So what these folks did was put a hidden image in the email that alerts the fisher's system that the email is being viewed. The system will then try the credentials in real time on the actual Gmail or Yahoo page. And if that page prompts them for two-factor authentication, will then send a prompt for two-factor authentication to the fake page as the target is putting in their information. They'll put in their information and the fake page will say, oh, we need you to enter your two-factor authentication of course, they're entering it into the fake page that's captured by the system, immediately applied to the real page, and Bob's your uncle, they're into the real Gmail or Yahoo <laughs> account uh, of, of the target that they were attacking. So the only way this wouldn't work is if you were requiring a physical key, like a YubiKey, to be plugged into the machine for your second factor. 
Yeah, they they said that they didn't actually catch them doing it with uh, authenticators. That's authenticator true. Authenticator app, That's separate true. from SMAP. Yeah. But they also said they don't have any reason to believe it wouldn't have worked with that. And I wanted to bring up something that uh, Barbu Schatz taught us in last week's Security Bits on my show. Um, he said to remember that a lock on a website does not mean that that website is who you think it is. Right. It's who it says it is in the URL bar. So if it looks like Gmail, but it's got a lock, that doesn't mean, I mean, if it, you know, it can be misspelled or whatever, it can still have a lock. 49% of phishing sites have valid TLS SSL certificates right now, but that's just a domain control verification. That just says, I own this domain. It doesn't say this domain is Gmail. Well, so, and, 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 and even beyond that, it says your connection to this site is encrypted. No one but you and the site can see the data. <laughs> but if the site isn't right. trustworthy, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. But I assume that a lock would mean that you had somehow verified yourself, but it, it isn't. It, it only verifies that you own that domain and then you've been given that certificate. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we've known for a long time that 2FA via SMS is, is uh, insecure, but this is another example. That's a, it's a clever way to do it. Yeah, I you know, and it almost seems obvious to me. Like, yeah, of course you'd be able to set that up, right? Like, why not? <laughs> All right, Recode sources say Facebook is in talks with pay TV services like HBO, Showtime, and Stars to sell their streaming services as add-ons to Facebook Watch, similar to how Amazon sells them as add-ons to Prime Video. And actually, I think you could do it through uh, through Apple as well. Facebook reportedly hopes to launch the option in the first half of 2019. When you say you can do it through Apple, Apple doesn't have a service like Prime Video or or Facebook Well, but Watch. you you can add on HBO through your Apple subscription. You can have stuff. your bill paid through Apple, but that's different. What what we're talking about here is Prime Video says, "Would you like to add HBO to your Prime Video account?" Then when you go to Prime Video on any platform, you'll see all your videos together including those from HBO. Uh, okay. Right? I got you. When Apple okay. launches its service, this will become more of a parallel because I think that's what they're after in the TV app is to say, well, hey, your HBO does... stuff and all that will be right next door. The TV app finds my HBO stuff, no? Yeah, yeah, but it, but there's no Apple service yet. There's no oh, Apple I see. There's nothing from Apple, there's everybody else. Right. So what <laughs> okay. Facebook is doing is saying, Facebook Watch, where you watch right. all your Facebook stuff, now you can have your HBO right in there with all those other great things you're watching on Facebook Watch, whatever they are. Yeah, unlike something like the Apple TV, where it's like you, you can you can organize all of these services that you might be paying for. What Facebook wants is for you to log into Facebook on a variety of platforms and just watch Never, a lot of ever stuff leave. that way. Smartest thing I, I never smartest, ever leave. I think yeah. I don't know if people will take them up on it, but it's the smartest thing Facebook can do to actually make Facebook Watch relevant. If suddenly I can watch Game of Thrones on Facebook, at least it will keep someone from leaving who's like, Well, I guess I guess I like this reality show from MTV that's on here. Oh, I can get HBO too. Oh, I can get stars and counterpart. Great. Yeah. <sighs> Sounds like a lot of things that I like watching, Tom. <laughs> MTV reality, but, yeah, no, checking all the boxes. Sure. But, uh, but, 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 yeah, I, well, I'm. It, I would love to know if somebody out there, and I'm sure there are many of you, saying like, yeah, you know what? To be honest, I'm I'm hanging out on Facebook all the time. I'd I'd like watch to be more of something that 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 makes sense to me. This this would be perfect for my ecosystem because it's part of my daily routine for me is the last place that I want to watch stuff. But that's again, because of, you know, over the years I have, I have never really equated Facebook with original content. You'll still be able to watch it on your TV as well. Uh, right. You'll, you'll, yeah. It won't be exclusive. Yeah. You won't have to go to the website. That That's a good point to clear up. 
Analyst Ming-Chi Kuo's latest iPhone forecast pegs at 29 shipments at 190 million. Now that is below his previous estimate of 212 million. Kuo added that the Quote, the increase in orders of legacy iPhone models cannot offset the decline of 10R and 10S series shipments because of the low season impact. I've been skeptical about a lot of the Sturm and Drong around iPhone sales lagging because we had the exact same warnings last year and it turned out not to really mean anything. However, when Ming-Chi Kuo says it, I start to pay attention because he is very sober in his forecasts uh, and he's usually accurate. He has very good supply chain sources. So him lowering this from 212 to 190 million uh, does make me sit up and take notice. And he's basically saying people just really aren't buying the 10R and the older models aren't going to make up the difference in the holiday season because when you buy someone a present, you don't want to buy them an old model of something. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, all very true, but yes, it, it does, it does sort of throw a wrench in, um, uh, you know, the idea that, ah, you know, Apple always works it out, right? Their Q4 is always fine. You know, their fiscal Q4. Who was the Apple executive that said the 10 hour is the best selling phone of all centuries? Oh, it was their marketing head. Um, his name is escaping me at the moment. making that up? But well, they also... They're also not giving out numbers. They just say things like that. Doesn't <laughs> yeah, mean doesn't wrong. mean they're lying, but also means that you know it. You know if you're if you're if you're crunching numbers, people's heads tend to scratch a yeah. little bit. It's like, hmm. Well, okay. Says who? Says and you. <laughs> this this means that Apple's move to be a services organization is imperative. Uh, Apple may be perfectly aware that this was going to happen. The entire smartphone business is slowing. How could it not slow for Apple at some point? So maybe they're prepared for this. Maybe they're fine with it. And maybe uh, what they'll say is, you know what? Uh, We're going to be making so much money off of our health services and our music services and our new TV service and and all this other stuff that eventually slowing iPhone sales will feel like slowing iPod sales. Uh, Sad to see the category stagnating, but oh, well, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. We're making money off something else now. But look over here, I've got services. (laughs) And you know the 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 story has been well okay. Apple has also raised prices for you know its flagship iPhone models. So if you slash shipment numbers, well okay, that that does um, point to um, uh, you know maybe a, a market that's um, flattening out a little bit. Doesn't necessarily mean that Apple isn't still doing what it needs to do to get to its bottom line. Yeah. Well, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Another thing I mentioned earlier in the show, Apple Music showing up on Amazon Echo speakers today early uh, for Android and iOS users. You can go into your your Alexa app and tell it to actually do the thing that you want it to do. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business. A global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com/banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet 
strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Do cancel. There, how, how I did that for y'all. Uh, and, and, and add uh, Apple Music to, to uh, as your default. You can replace Spotify and all of that. This is a few days ahead of the December 17th date previously announced. This will probably prove useful for some holiday parties out there. And speaking of, Allison recently finished the world's longest remodel and celebrated uh, by having a bunch of people over, which meant solving that whole home music dilemma. You want that music playing for all your guests everywhere in the house because you're wanting to show off the whole house? Allison, first, congratulations on your long home nightmare being over. Was the remodel worth it? And how did you solve the music dilemma? <laughs> well, I think it was worth it. It started as three bathrooms and turned into much, much more. In engineering, we call it uh, scope creep. <laughs> and so it was, it was five months to do three bathrooms, which was was everything. Um, but uh, yes, it was worth it. Our bathrooms are amazing. The, the thing I was looking for, and it's a, a fairly well-known fact that I'm not a listener of music. I don't create, I don't get joy from music. I find it annoying at, at best and, and uh, just irritating at worst, but uh, <laughs> it's a narrow band. Um, but anyway, I wanted <laughs> to have holiday music on during the party where we were celebrating our, our house being finally finished. And I started thinking, you know, I've got all these uh, devices and I had heard about this cool thing called AirPlay 2 and I wanted to check into it. And AirPlay is the is the method that Apple uses to allow you to say throw uh, audio or audio and video from your phone to your Apple TV, for example. And AirPlay Two, the fancy thing about that is it allows you to throw music or audio of some sort to all of your devices at the same time, simultaneously, perfectly in sync, perfectly, but you know within what you can't hear of a lag between them. So I started looking around the house and we've got Apple TV sprinkled all over the place and we bought a HomePod because why not? And uh, I realized that uh, the Apple TV 4s, the 4K, uh, we have one 4K model and the HomePod would all do um, AirPlay 2. So the the tricky bit is we don't have a really nice home stereo anymore. We have the same one we put in place 35 years ago. The speakers are getting get pretty old and nasty looking. But what we do have is TVs with good sound systems on them in several different rooms. So I was uh, I moved the Apple TVs to the rooms where I wanted the the nice audio that and uh, to be able to play the music. And you can bring up something like um, I just brought up Apple Music and said, okay, I want Christmas music. And then when you go into AirPlay, anything that can play simultaneously, any of the devices will show up with a little circle next to them. And like, it looks like a radio button, but it's actually a checkbox. So you check all the ones you wanted to go to and then you hit go. And sometimes it works. 
Um, eventually you fiddle around with it enough until it actually does end up working. But the um, ab- somebody's doing it right now, I can hear. Uh, but anyway, once you get it going into all the speakers, you can actually disassociate your phone. I was able to uh, turn my phone off, uh, Wi-Fi off cellular, eventually shut it completely down and the music continued to play. And I think it was the HomePod that, that was then controlling the music in the house because you could yell out to the HomePod and say, hey, ch- you know, skip, skip song, give me the next one. Yeah, I wonder if it works like Chromecast now uh, with AirPlay 2, where it actually each device is downloading the files directly rather than streaming them through your home network like like it used to. Uh, because we had a situation where Eileen was had her VPN on by mistake and was casting something from her phone to the TV, and it worked. And, oh, and I had told weird. I told her like that shouldn't work because in the olden <laughs> days when it was you know just streaming it it wouldn't work so I think there's there's some other stuff going on behind the scenes certainly HomePod has to be there to do the voice support if your phone's off because the HomePod your Apple TVs don't have the the voice support unless well, you use the remote the remote they would yeah yeah um, I I did a second experiment where I did some more uh, goofing around with turning things on and off and I got it all to stop when I stopped my phone. So, um, you know, it's almost not fiddly. Once you get it rolling, once you get it all going, you can leave it alone and it works just fine. Uh, But setting it up every once in a while, I'd go to do it and a bunch of my devices would go, nope, I don't have AirPlay 2. Wouldn't give me the little radio button checkbox. That's weird. That sounds like some networking error that, that needs to be worked out. Yeah. And then later they came back. Yeah. I, uh, I tried to do it just now. And it did not work. So if you heard something in the background, it wasn't me because all I have, I don't have a HomePod, are Apple TVs hooked up to two different TVs. And they both said, great, you want to AirPlay? Uh, Give the code that's on this TV so that we can make sure that you're authorized, you're actually in the room. (laughs) Well, I wonder whether you, have you never done it before? No, I I have, I haven't AirPlayed from this phone to either one of those TVs. Okay. Yeah. But but once you have, that should work. Yeah. It should be authorized from then on out, but it's a roadblock I hadn't thought about. Yeah. Apple TV three won't do it. So it has to be four and 4k. And the, uh, they all showed the up with the little circles. So. Oh, they had the circles. Yeah. Okay, so it would have worked. It just said, oh, we got to make sure that you're actually here. So, you know. Well, that's is... so you can't cast your next door neighbor's house, right? Yeah, as much as I try, they just won't let me. <laughs> well, Allison, you know, you mentioned, you know, and, and we sort of, you know, ha-ha about it. But um, the fact that, you know, music is just not a big part of what you need to be playing throughout your home. But a podcast certainly would work the same way. So sure. I would assume that, yeah, like the, this solution is actually really advantageous to, to, to you and your household. Yeah. If you compare it to trying to do it with Sonos, for example, um, I think if you've already got Apple TVs, you don't necessarily need to buy Sonos is if you've got Apple TVs hooked to TVs with nice sound bars or, or a real, uh, you know, 5.1 system, you don't really need to do that. So it's, it's, uh, was kind of a nice way to do it. I wanted to buy another HomePod and we don't listen to the first one because I don't, <laughs> I don't listen to music. So, but Steve's like, we don't need to spend another $350 for just to get for one know, day's music use. In, the, in the, yeah. So then yeah. I just moved a bunch of stuff around at work. Now, uh, Cle- Cleveland Climber asked how this is different from playing music on a group of Google Homes. And it's not, uh, it's no different than playing it on a group of Amazon Echoes. It's, it's, it's all possible, uh, depending on what setup you've got. And in fact, uh, interestingly enough, even though Amazon Echo has Apple Music now, you couldn't do this with the Echo because it's not part of the AirPlay system, right? 
products. Right. So uh, let me ask a, a back question to you. Does uh, Amazon or Google Home are, uh, have this simultaneousness because yeah. i mean you could do it before uh, with, but it wasn't with their own identical. stuff with their own okay. stuff right you can't put a google home a home pod and an echo and have them all three talk to each other even if they all have apple music uh because they're not on the same system so you know for apple it's airplay uh for google it's home uh, it's well no it's i don't know if it's cat maybe it is cast uh, that's the technology but yeah uh and for echo you have a simultaneous playing system that you can do as well Okay, right, right, right. And when can we just have peace in our land? Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> we had this discussion the other day, you know. Yeah, right, the open source, you know, what, what's that version? I mean, we'll have we this discussion something? in a few days, in a week or two, now that I'm thinking about it, because wasn't that, yeah, that was, never mind. That was on a different yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah, we're time travelers, guys. Yeah, Just, we are. Yeah. Uh, we were living in the future a couple of days ago. Uh, but yeah, look uh, forward to our predictions results show where you'll hear more about this. You certainly will. Also, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit, because that's where we know a lot more about the stories that you care about and that we can feature on future episodes. Submit stories and vote on other stories at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. If you hang out on Facebook, hey, cool. Got something for you, facebook.com slash groups slash daily tech news show. We have mail. We do. Uh, in fact, we had a lot of really good mail today. Um, and the first one comes from Kevin, who had some thoughts regarding municipal broadband internet that we were talking about the other day. Kevin says, I live in Longmont, Colorado. Before purchasing my home here, I made sure that my house would be the in the green zone for installation of fiber for the town's own next light gigabit service, as it's called. I've paid $49.95 per month for over two years now, and I can't remember one single time that my internet has gone down. My check goes to the city of Longmont. I average about 850 megabits per second down. Hmm. Probably about 950 up on average, which is great when I'm sending multi-gigabyte VFX files, that's visual effects for anybody not in the industry, back to L.A. Kevin, sounds like you're in our industry. Often in well under a minute, I'm a living example that all the nonsense companies like Comcast and Time Warner spew to fight municipal internet in towns and cities around the country is little more than scare tactics and BS. Also, like... Uh, Hollywood professionals moving to Colorado is a thing. We, when we were looking around uh -huh. for a house, uh, there was a guy who had an audio studio in his house. The house itself wasn't very nice. Uh, the audio studio was real nice and he was moving to Colorado. <laughs> Same thing. Hey, I mean, Colorado's great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, good to know. Good to know that, uh, the internet is working for you there and that, um, yeah, that uh, that more municipal services um, that are offered, um, people might want to take a closer look at. Warren wrote in and says, guys, I'm getting a jump start on the new year here. Took stock of the subscriptions to things I had signed up for over the years. One was Comixology, a wonderful service, I'm sure, but not one that I used like ever. I had intended to, but I just never did. However, what I do use is DTNS. I listen to the previous day's show every morning on my Echo as part of my getting ready for work routine. I should have been a subscriber a long time ago. I have corrected that now and will gladly give you guys the money I was giving a service I wasn't even using. Thanks so much for what you do. I have followed you all on and off from different places on the internet over the years and I'm very happy with the content you are all producing. As feedback on Thursday's show, I just had this thought in my head. What if the robot that brings you your stuff doesn't have anything to do next? Does it just idle on your doorstep 
That's just not hospitable to leave it out there just milling around. Well, well, I needed to offer it a cup of uh, electricity while it waits just to be polite. The social graces that we will need to develop in the future. Glad to be part of the team, Warren. You know, it's it's funny because we when we were talking about this, you know, my question was sort of like, well, I don't know, like, is, you know, or, do, you know, the robot's just going to like, you know, be on the sidewalk or whatever. And, and Tom, you, you know, had um, a good scenario where it's like, no, 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 it's all about more about efficiency in the restaurant and not having humans sort of idling outside in their cars waiting for stuff. But yeah, what if there have been times where I've ordered ramen in fact, many of them, where the ramen ends up coming and I'm like, oh, crap, I I don't know, I'm in the shower, or I'm on the phone or whatever. What what happens to the little robot that's just like waits. waiting outside? With it your just little, waits for you, you know, to have the consideration to get the ramen you ordered, Sarah. Why were you not ready? Well, I mean, no, it's my fault. The robot is but, waiting, but, but, waiting, but, but I feel waiting. bad about the robots. <laughs> so this is where it goes back into our pre-show conversation where I'm like, I care about animals. I care and about robots. robots. Yeah, especially when yeah. they have those cute eyes on them. No, I think yeah, Warren, you don't want to be lonely and kind of wondering, like, are you here? Did I do the right thing? I think Warren is my new favorite fan of your show. I, it's, <laughs> awesome. it's a robot, no feelings, just so you know. Or does it? That's Roger. what you think. He's heartless. Roger, yeah, Roger doesn't well, haven't even you have ever seen, seen animals, you know, so uh, Ex Machina? <laughs> it's going to get weird, Roger, real quick. Um, uh, you know who isn't weird? Allison Sheridan. Um, thank you for being with us, Allison. It's so nice to have you back on the show and let folks know where they can keep up with all the other work that you do. Well, thanks, Sarah. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, podfeet.com is the best place to go. I just did a post uh, under blog post that says how to enable Apple Music on Amazon Echo. It's a bunch of screenshots. Click here, 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 and you're done. It's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, over there, you can find all of my shows, the NoSilicast Apple Podcast and Chit Chat Across the Pond Light and Programming by Stealth and Taming the Terminal. So lots of fun to be had over there. You can follow me on Twitter at Podfeet. It's a whole DeSilicast network now. It's amazing. It really is. The Podfeet podcast. Yeah. The the podcast family at podfeet.com. I would like to remind you that like Warren, if you're a patron, you get stuff. You get access to things, membership things. Uh, I don't know if Warren's an associate producer, but if he is, he just got a new editor's desk audio column from me about why we didn't talk more about Google search bias when we covered the Sundar Pichai story earlier this week. If you want my thoughts about that, uh, they're available. I just posted them. Patreon.com slash DTNS for everyone at the $5 a month level or up. Become a patron. Patreon.com slash DTNS. Your feedback helps keep us honest. So please keep it coming. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Have a marvelous weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you Monday. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.